Hi, my name is Colm Doyle, and you're listening to Clockta, a podcast about technology, developer relations, and whatever else comes into my mind. I answer every single recruiter in mail, and you should too. Let me tell you why. Ask anyone in tech about LinkedIn, and it usually won't be long before you hear about a constant barrage of messages from recruiters. Truly, the best kind of spam is the one that's constantly offering you jobs, but it still usually evokes a negative response from folks, even though I actually view them as an opportunity. Not an opportunity for a new role, though. They're an opportunity for some market research. The reality right now is that it's a candidate's market and recruiters have targets to hit, so they're usually willing to get into a conversation with you. And you should use that even if you're not looking because you always should try to keep up to date on the state of your industry so you know with data whether your current job is as ideal as you may or may not think it is. And that's why I respond to every recruiter email that I get, even if I'm not the least bit interested in a job with their company or their client. So what do I say to all these recruiters? Well, I find that three questions is usually enough to get what you need. What those exact questions are will depend on you and your job, but they usually fall under three topics. First, compensation. Second, other benefits and perks. And three, company culture. Why these ones? Well, compensation and other benefits perks both relate to what you materially are getting out of the job. Look, I love what I do and I enjoy it near enough enough every day I go to work, but I am absolutely doing it primarily for the money. If I'm going to let someone else tell me how to spend a quarter of my week, then I'm going to get everything I can from them. And as valuable as experience and upskilling definitely are, my local grocery store doesn't take those things as payment for food. So if those two topics aren't up to scratch, there's no point worrying about the company culture. Assuming the perks and the money side of it is well tended to, I tend to ask about company culture because it speaks to how happy I'll be there. For me, here are the questions I ask for each topic. First up, compensation. For compensation, I don't go overly fancy and I think regardless of your role or industry, the question is going to be the same. I just ask for the salary range they're targeting. You could also ask about stock compensation, but unless they're a publicly traded company, stock compensation is as good as magic beans and should be treated as such. For this question, there's usually three types of answers. The first one, the salary range we're thinking is between X and Y. This answer obviously gives you a salary range, but it also tells you some other things. Is this role financially viable for me? I've got to pay the bills no matter how good the job might be. If the range is absurdly broad, it could also be a sign they have no idea what level they're hiring for and are just throwing numbers at the wall. They might also be full of it, and the range is actually much broader or much narrower than they say. If the range caps out pretty low, it's a sign for me that it's probably a junior position and might not suit me, or perhaps they're undervaluing me. Next type of answer you might get. We don't have a salary range and we build a bespoke package for each candidate. You don't get the range from this answer clearly, but again, you can read into the answer. And this, frankly, is either not true or the company is so mismanaged you should run a mile. Because whilst they might not have a bottom end of the salary range, you can be damn sure that they have a top end of the salary range. And that ceiling could be 50k above what you want, 50k below what you want, but you're not going to know if they don't tell you. And even if a company is well managed but still doesn't have salary ranges, could mean they're not investing in their employees' careers. Because if they don't have ranges, then they don't have career ladders that are documented and therefore are likely a minefield of bias when it comes to reviews of performance management. Last answer you might get, we don't share that data. 
And again, you don't get direct compensation data here, but there is something you could imply. And for me, it's that you should be wary of the company because if they won't even talk ballpark figures with you, they're potentially trying to lowball you and or waste your time. And even more worrying, and you won't get this from this answer, this is kind of a side thought, is companies that won't share ranges internally because they are absolutely trying to lowball their staff by not being transparent with their pay. Next up, other benefits and perks. God, there's, there's just so many questions here and it's really a movable feast. It could be any of, what's your 4OK slash pension or retirement plan? And I don't care what age you are, you should be thinking about your 401k or retirement age, not least because they're usually quite tax efficient. In the States, you might ask, what's your healthcare plan? Uh, you could ask what your bonus structure is. You could ask, do you fly your staff business class for long haul travel? And um, if you're in sales, you could ask about a uh, commission. And uh, in this post COVID world, you could usually ask, what's your remote or hybrid office policy? And um, do you provide on site snacks or meals? What software or hardware do you provide for this role? And can I deviate from that? Regardless of the question you ask, what you're looking here for is some kind of material benefit that isn't immediately spendable. And that could be uh, long-term compensation, like um, savings or preferred stock purchases, or something less tangible, like giving you more time to spend how you choose, or traveling comfortably if travel is going to be a big part of your role. For me, I'm currently asking the one about remote work. Pre-COVID, I used to spend a minimum, a minimum of 70 minutes per day of my own personal unpaid time traveling to and from the office. That's about a full 24 hours per month dedicated to my job for zero compensation. Now, don't get me wrong, I love working in an office with people, bouncing ideas off each other, getting stuff done, and look, obviously having some fun, but damn, literally a full day per month just to get there and back? COVID really opened my eyes to what a time sink that was. So I don't know that I'll ever want to work at a full-time office job again, but equally, I don't want to never meet my coworkers in person. So in terms for an answer, I'm usually looking for some version of, we have an office, you're welcome to use it if you want, but if you want to work from home, that's cool too. But we do have budget to get everyone on the team together in person every, say, six to 12 weeks. One gotcha answer here, which I've seen lately is, well, your contract says you have to come into the office, but we don't actually enforce that. And don't buy that for a second. The only reason a company puts something in a legally binding document is to give themselves the option to enforce it. And this implies to pretty much every contract clause. If they refuse to strike it from a contract, you need to assume that they plan to enforce it and factor that in. Last up, company culture. Like I said, while the first two questions speak to a mix of tangible and, and intangible benefits, sometimes called total compensation, this last one is more about your mental health and do you think that this job will make you happy? And will you operate in a creative environment? Is there a lot of office politics? Are you being set up for success in your role, etc., etc., etc.? Like the other benefits topic, there's a pretty wide spectrum of questions and answers here. But to give you some examples, you could think about how do promotions or career laddering work at your company? What's your turnover rate? Uh, if you're a software engineer, how often do you release code? Uh, where in the company's org chart does this team sit? Will I be a people manager? How many people are currently on the team? What's your, you know, how many people have left in the last couple of weeks? With such a wide spectrum of answers, I can't possibly provide an insight into all of them. But I will say that I'm currently asking about the org chart. And honestly, that's entirely a personal preference thing. 
In my profession, developer relations, you usually sit under engineering, product management, or marketing. And I have a personal preference to sit under one of the first two. So if DevRel sits somewhere else, that's going to give me pause about how happy I'll be and how successful I'll be in the role long term. But for you, the question you ask and the answer you're looking for could be completely different. Finally, remember that this too shall pass. It's a golden age to be a person working in tech right now. Your skills are wildly in demand and there is a lot more of that demand than there is of supply. And that gives you an awful lot of power in these kind of conversations. But as with all things, this too shall pass, which is exactly why you need to use that leverage while you have it. Maximize for whatever it is you want, be that money, happiness, influence, power, or whatever. Just remember you could do that this market research without being a jerk to the recruiter. So when you're asking these questions, do so politely. And if they refuse to answer them, that is their prerogative. They're a person trying to do a job just like you. If you have something to add, I'd love to hear it. So let's continue the conversation over on Twitter.